Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 232 of the podcast. It's October 7th, 2015. And uh, today's podcast is presented with um, a heavy heart after the recent passing of my friend, Dr. Michel Tetro. He was um, the CEO of St. Boniface General Hospital in uh, Winnipeg. Um, he was a, a great lean leader. He had been CEO there since 2005. Uh, he was a friend to many in the healthcare value network community and in the broader lean healthcare community, not, not just because he was willing to share and, and let people visit St. Boniface, but um, I, I think his willingness to continue learning and, and that spirit of uh, you know, serving others, uh, being humble, leading an organization. Those are some of the things I will remember uh, about Michel and uh, his character. And so as, as I was remembering him, it occurred to me, I had recorded a podcast with him back in 2010. It was part of a series I was doing at the time for the Healthcare Value Network. And uh, I never shared that audio um, as part of my main podcast series, uh, I'm, I'm not sure why I, I didn't. I guess you know I didn't share all of those podcasts uh, from that series here in this one. But today I'm going to bring you that audio um, again from 2010. And in the episode here, we talk about Lean from the CEO perspective and his thoughts and reflections. Uh, I, I hope Michelle's words and experiences at St. Boniface continue um, to help and inspire people um, into the future. So if, if you would like uh, to find a link to the blog post that I wrote after uh, his recent passing or, or more links um, about Michelle, um, you can go to leanblog.org slash 232. Today our guest is Dr. Michelle Tetro. He is president and CEO of the St. Boniface General Hospital in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. He is also associate to the Dean of the Faculty of Medicine of the University of Manitoba and associate to the CEO of the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority for French Language Services. He's a specialist in emergency medicine, but today we'll be talking about lean from a hospital CEO's perspective, as Dr. Tetro has served as president and CEO since February of 2005. I hope you enjoy our conversation and that you'll subscribe to our podcast series through Apple iTunes or you can find out more information about other ways of subscribing through healthcarevalueleaders.org slash podcast. Michelle, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day uh, to talk today on the podcast. Well, thank you, Mark. It's, it's actually a privilege to be with you. I was wondering if you could start by introducing uh, for the listeners um, yourself and um, your organization. You're coming to us today from Winnipeg. Yeah, and my name is Michel Petro. I'm an emergency physician um, who's been uh, working at St. Boniface General Hospital in Winnipeg for the last nine years, just about six of those in the uh, position of president and CEO of this hospital. Uh, it's a, I guess, mid-size 550-bed uh, uh, teaching hospital in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. You're part of the Healthcare Value Leaders Network and um, part of that collaboration with hospitals from the U.S. and from Canada. Um, how, how do you view things? I mean, I, we're not talking just to an American audience here today, but uh, being in, in Canada, how do you see issues and uh, the, the relevance of collaboration with the U.S. and other countries? 
Well, that's, that's an interesting question, Mark. And, you know, maybe the best way to answer it is to talk about an experience that we had uh, years ago at IHI, I guess their initial Executive Quality Academy. And we'd have CEO breakfasts and conversations, you know, during the day for, for a whole week. And it was, it was interesting how on the Monday, the first day of the week, uh, our conversations were all about the differences. And by the end of the week, our conversations were much more about the differences in our environment, which I, I believe are true, but how extremely similar our, our challenges uh, and, and issues were in, in what we had to improve upon and what we had to change. So, you know, um, different environment, but I think we're all facing the same problems. And within the network, I think it's visible that uh, we're, we're, we're looking at similar types of approaches and solutions. Yeah. So how would you summarize some of those key similarities, the, the challenges that, that you're facing and, and that you see other hospitals facing as well? Well, you know, one of the ways to look at it is what I call three of the things that will keep a CEO awake at night. Um, and, and in no particular order, you know, one of them is um, – being able to find, uh, you know, an adequate workforce uh, to get the people we need to serve uh, all the patients that come to our door. And, you know, there, there's a lot of people in healthcare that are either closing in our retirement or could retire tomorrow. Um, and, and who's going to replace them with the, with the demographics of, you know, on one hand, patient uh, demand increase because of an aging population and that gap in the generations following us uh, who are going to be the workforce. So, we, we want to be um, a place that people in this city, for example, really want to come and work at. And, uh, so, so I believe that what we're doing makes us attractive. The second, which will be a surprise to no one, is the sustainability gap uh, of the cost of health care. And this is a worldwide phenomenon. It's neither only American nor Canadian. Um, so, so how do we address that? And the third, which I think most people aren't quite I'd say fully appreciating at this point is how our patients, uh, our communities, our funders, whether they be private funders or, or public funders, are more and more scrutinizing uh, how safe and reliable our healthcare actually is and, and how good our outcomes are. So one way or another, we have to find a way to demonstrate that we're providing better value, that we're providing safer, more reliable healthcare with better outcomes at a reasonable cost. Yeah, I, I would agree. You're right. Those are... Um pretty common, uh, very common, very pressing challenges. And so I'm curious to, to hear a little bit of, you know, your experience, um, you know, as a physician, as a, a hospital CEO, your initial introduction to lean, you know, how and where that came about. And maybe, you know, thinking back, reflecting on some of your process, thought process to think, how would these lean principles be applicable to those three challenges? Right. Well, the story um, is... is <laughs> Interesting to me, anyway. <laughs> but uh, the, the first piece was actually, I, I remember, I believe it was December of '04, so a long time ago, um, at IHI, there was this guy called Gary Kaplan from Virginia Mason who introduced, um, you know, this thing called Lean um, and, and how they'd been working at it and, and the results they had. And I remember thinking back then, boy, wouldn't that be neat? And, and, you know, Gary was presenting a few places in the hospital, and I said, what if we did a whole hospital thing on that? So that was the first sort of spark. Um, and then, as, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, IHI's Executive Quality Academy in sort of June of 05, there were some 
really interesting characters on the faculty there, and two of them were John Toussaint, uh, who everybody knows, and Rob Colones, the CEO of McLeod Health. And they were talking about, you know, how they had managed to, um, in fact, implement some sustainable improvement, because that was kind of the, the holy grail was, you know, how do we, we're pretty good at what our CMO and, and executive lean champion, Bruce Rowe, calls um, patchy improvements. So we get some great successes and, and some not so great successes, but even the great successes tend to sort of revert slowly back to the norm after a while. We, we had a challenge with sustainment. So over time, it kind of grew more and more compelling that we had to use this lean methodology to hope to be able to not only grow our capacity to improve, but to sustain the improvements. So hearing that success uh, and, and the results from those other hospitals was some of what, I guess, gave you the confidence to, to go and pursue that locally at St. Mm -hmm. Boniface? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's where the work starts, not where it ends. Uh, so, you know, part of what we, uh, we went through was uh, working very closely with our board of directors, so that they fully understood that this wasn't going to be a flavor of the month. It wasn't going to be an instantaneous success. It wasn't going to be um, a pilot project. It wasn't going to be something that we were going to try, and if it didn't you know, sort of pan out in a few months, we'd go on to the next sort of fad. Uh, so, so we did get the, the absolute commitment. Actually, we got a mandate from, from our board to, to go ahead and do this and kind of do it for, for as long as it took. Um, and then, you know, convincing the uh, executive and leadership of, of this hospital that there weren't really very many options, that uh, this is the way we're going to change the way we do our work. Um, and, and getting that, you know, not only emotional uh, commitment, but that, I'd say, visceral commitment that, you know, this is it. It sounds like... You know, you it was, it was a situation where, as CEO, you were um, helping initiate this, helping create expectations that this was not just a, a program or a project. And, you know, uh, people, as I'm sure you're aware, people at a lot of hospitals, you know, sort of, you know, uh, lay, lay there at night kind of, you know, dreaming about CEO engagement. That's, all, that's often brought up as an issue if you have somebody you know, who's a director or a vice president trying to initiate lean and, you know, trying to get lean on the radar of, of their CEO. Um, you know, people would say, well, you know, we, we need that, um, that CEO leadership to really help make this happen. And so I was wondering if you could share some thoughts on, you know, your role as the CEO and sort of, you know, driving, you know, cultural change and, and communicating you know, both with your board and, and with people throughout the organization, you know, what, what do you do as, as the CEO, um, you, know, you know, week to week or, or quarter to quarter uh, to, you know, help make this happen within St. Boniface? <laughs> I think the, the, the most honest answer to that is, you know, what I can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's been a lot of learning. It's, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting journey, but it's a journey where uh, trial and error, I think, uh, fit, fit a fair amount. Um, but, you know, I, this place has a CEO that kind of sees that this benefits patients directly, and uh, there's a culture here at St. B of really trying uh, to do what benefits patients. So, uh, that that was kind of the easy part. 
Um, but as a, as a CEO, I think you have to be out there. You have to to uh, walk the walk, uh, not just talk the talk. Uh, you know, one of the things I do, and and I kind of wonder why I didn't think of this earlier, but um, about 50 times a year, I, I go out and meet with groups of frontline staff, and these groups can be as small as five or as big as 200, um, basically to make sure that uh, they hear, um, you know, why we are doing this, what we're trying to accomplish, how we're going to go about it, and how it ties in with uh, who we are as a hospital, you know, our past and our, our present and our future. So, so I guess in part the CEO's role is to, quote, interpret the environment to people to, 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 to um, make, help people understand how what we're doing fits in with the world we live in. And, and with that emphasis on um, learning, you know, as you said, trial and error and learning as you go through this lean journey, I, I know you've been able to learn from people like John Toussaint and Rob Colonis. I mean, you've also had some other uh, mentors, if, if you will, within um, your local business community. Correct. Okay. Well, we were, we were very fortunate here in Winnipeg, and uh, we had kind of a, a world-leading uh, organization called Standard Aero, um, who, whose business is basically repairing aircraft engines. But they they had gone along on a sort of 20-year improvement journey, and uh, we managed to to hook up with them and, and go over and visit and, and see what they were what they were doing and how they were doing it. Um, and you know, initially. Uh, we were thinking, what does this have to do with healthcare? And as we understood the principles of their process improvement, their preoccupation with quality, their necessity to deliver uh, reliable services to uh, to their customers, uh, because you know, if, if an airplane engine fails, uh, they can sort of kill 200 people at the same time, not just one, um, and and learned quite a bit from them. Uh, I guess so much so that their their quality and innovation uh, guru now is a, a consultant with us, and my own personal executive coach is the CEO who initiated um, you know this this transformation of Standard Aero. So we were very fortunate to once again latch on to a local business that we could learn from, and I'd say expand our horizons by seeing what what is possible once you start systematically addressing quality improvement. That's great. And uh, maybe as, as a final wrap-up and final thought here um, uh, on, on the thought of um, benefit to the patients, can you, can you summarize maybe some of um, the most note- noteworthy improvements that you've made or, or the impact that you think uh, Lean is having within St. Boniface for the patients? Well, we, we could certainly do a lot better, but maybe three rapid examples in, in our emergency value stream. Uh, the time to do a cardi- uh, an EKG a cardiogram has gone uh, down by by more than 50 percent, uh, and and you know our, our our mortality from MIs for for patients with with chest pain has has gone down uh, by about 40 percent. Um, so so <laughs> we're hoping there's a link there. Um, we implemented within a week uh, the World Health Organization's. Uh, safety checklist in, in the OR in our surgery value stream and you know uh, we're, we're uh, at the point now where we're convinced that that's about 200 patients a year who will not have significant incidents in the OR and we're starting to log those and, and the results are encouraging. Um, 
In our medicine value stream, uh, we've implemented shift-to-shift uh, -shift bedside reports. Uh, and actually, that is kind of spontaneously, this is a, a nice story to my mind, kind of spontaneously rolling out throughout the hospital. Um, and there, there are patients who, in fact, have been saved by this because nurses, instead of being off the ward in the morning, are actually there with patients. Uh, I had a patient this morning at, at patient visits who, in fact, told me, um, you know, she couldn't understand that we hadn't been doing this forever because it was so great that she would know uh, who knew what about her uh, and, and knew that the person knew. So uh, these are small things, but I think they add up over time. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they do, and, and I think that's a general kind of lean idea of lots of little things, lots of improvements um, through staff engagement and uh, initiatives, like you mentioned, with um, the World Health Organization checklist methodology, um, lot, lots of little things add up to um, big success, you know, I think generally with lean. Yeah, I, I guess the, the, the difference, you know, a few years ago, someone would have put out a memo that we are now doing this checklist and, and no one would ever known if we were actually doing it or not or if it was well done. Whereas now, you know, our, our most recent audit shows that 100% of our ORs were, were doing it when we last checked. Yeah, well, and I think that's, that's certainly a noteworthy um, shift in the culture to, to move to that, that approach. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, Mark, um, <laughs> uh, our latest patient satisfaction survey in our medicine and surgery programs where we have our, you know, our both, both of our inpatient value streams have hit absolutely unprecedented levels. So I think the patients are noticing something about what we're doing. Well, that's great, and I, I want to thank you for um, taking time to um, share some of your perspective and, and insights here. Um, our guest, again, has been Dr. Michelle Tetro from St. Boniface General Hospital in Winnipeg. I want to thank you for joining us. Do you have a final thought um, maybe to leave the listeners with? Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, very interesting, very you know, hard piece of work. But I can tell you, if you asked anyone on our leadership team if they'd stop and want to go back uh, to, to the old ways, I think everyone would say absolutely not. We're, we're starting to see you know, some positives here, and uh, I think people are building confidence that we'll see more. Well, I hope so. So, uh, Michelle, thanks again for taking time to talk today. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.